Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Can I watch it with my sons? Uh, of course. I mean, yeah. it's 2021. I mean, they're okay with seeing somebody's head get chopped off, aren't they? <laughs> I think what's okay at my house might not be. <laughs> yes, you're right. It's not. It's not the difference. same. Difference. It is a difference. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. To each his own. Every house is different. I don't know. My house seems to be a little crazier than others. Apparently, <laughs> very, very, very apparently. What's up, everybody? It's Chris Sims on Button, presented by Under Armour. Paulie Burmeister is in the building today. He is going to be driving the ship. How you doing, yes. big guy? Doing. I'm doing well. You know. Yeah. I took my youngest to the uh, most recent James Bond, so we, we've been watching mm. all the James Bond. Right, it's, it's not Django ish, right? But you know, James is is going to sleep with the some girls, woman, of right? course. Yes, they're going to be people getting shot nonstop. Yes. So right. I've, I've been thinking about you right. there, right, on the couch. What were we talking about there with the heads chopped off? That was what. Uh... 300 that was right. 300 yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 you can watch that you okay. can watch that you'll be all right. right it's on the list yeah it yeah. hasn't happened yet it's it's worth seeing i mean you're you're oldest it's just bloody but you'll be okay it's yeah. bloodier than bond for I'm sure i'm using <laughs> you as as kind of like the bar oh yeah so your wife's probably gonna love me i i, I feel good about my parenting <laughs> okay <laughs> oh man all righty all righty yeah, all righty yeah. well you know what time it is it's the what the fuck happened podcast we're gonna break it all today i mean break it all down today we're gonna break down kansas city's offense patrick mahomes mm. Holmes, big play Bengals. That's what I've been calling them really the last two weeks. Bears and Panthers. I mean, you know, listen, there's too much talk around Justin Fields and his development. And is he a bust or is he a star? I mean, we got to make this judgment. It's week seven. We got to figure out what he is forever right now. <laughs> we'll break into that. The Panthers offensive struggles. And we got the NBC medical expert, Mike yes, Ryan, coming yeah. in a little bit. Ex-Giants trainer, Jacksonville Jaguars trainer. We're going to talk about Baker, Dak, all of that. So that's exciting. Yep. Um, anything else I'm we missing? We should ask about your hip. Oh, seriously. My hip. Well, it's getting better. Before Baker's labrum. Yeah. Chris's hip. <laughs> Please help me with my hip. It's, yeah. it's, it's a serious problem. I mean, it is. But it's actually getting a lot better. Thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> um, all right. So that's what we got coming up. You know we're going to break some plays down here. But first, I got to tell you how awesome Under Armour is. Okay? I yes. need to do that. And that's where we are supported by Under Armour. Just like us, Under Armour wants to give you an edge. And that's what we're doing on this podcast today. Edge and football knowledge. We're going to break down some stuff so you can go back with your friends and be smarter. Under Armour is focused on performing better and taking their game to the next level. Everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes that give you insane grip. They can even make hoodies that reflect energy. Mm. We're not just about the end result in Under Armour, winning or glory. Under Armour is about the hard work, the dedication, the cycle of training, competing, and recovering. That's right. That's what it's all about. It's about doing your work. 
Got to do work. Got to film study if you want to be able to host a podcast and break things down. All right? That's what I do. Hard work, competing, recovering. We give you advantages, but not shortcuts. The only way is, is through. through. The ad-libbing and the personal connection and the energy. <sighs> Thank you. Throughout this whole thing, right. I, mean, I think they're getting more than they bargained for. Well, huh? I, I, like, I try to say that sometimes to the people who do join in Under Armour or other sponsors in the past where yeah. I go, I mean, no one's going to kiss your ass more as a host no. than me. Yeah. Nobody. And energy. I wouldn't. I don't. I only have like two energies. There's only one. Okay. It's, it's, it's 100% full speed yeah. or leave me the fuck alone. I don't <laughs> want to talk to anybody. All right. <laughs> There's only two. There's no in between. And unfortunately, my wife through the work week has to see the other side of it. Where as it's soon like, as you get home. Do you turn it on, or is it as soon as you get in the car that comes on? I don't – oh, so, like, uh, well, when I get home – when I yeah, it's more when I get in the car. And then it's okay. just, like, that moment of, like, okay, all right, I'm in the car, here we go. And it just slowly I start to melt away. I thought maybe it was, like, the second you saw your wife. No, no, it's not. And usually see my wife, and I try to give, like, a little fake energy at first, and then I yeah, realize I got nothing left in the tank. It's a good skill to have. Right. Yeah. And, and then – Do you sell it well? Uh, no, she, at, at first, when I first really got into the business and was becoming really busy, she would always be like, what's, what's wrong? Are you okay? Yeah. And I'd, you know, I would be like, I'm fucking exhausted. I just can't talk anymore. I'm sorry. Right. You know, and, and I, she's realized it now. And luckily she's had some friends that are like, man, Chris talks a lot during the week. He must, he must not want to talk when he gets home. Right. And she's like, actually he doesn't. So I find it affects more the, the, the listening than the talking. Yeah. It's, oh, it, yeah, it's hard to be completely engaged right. and listen like when you have a big day coming up. Yeah, and then everybody's aware of it. Oh, like, yeah, things have been said for five minutes and they're looking at you. Like, oh, well, do, if do I got a big yeah, see, I don't have to see her in the morning, so yeah. that's 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 she's still asleep when I'm leaving okay. for PFT. So, but you're right, I'm I'm kind of that way. I would be that way too if I did have to see her. Yeah. Like on Monday when I do the podcast, we'll have breakfast together. And I probably don't hear seven words she says because I'm thinking about the games and what I might want to say in the pod, and I'm just I'm lost in my own thoughts. Yes. Um. And and when I drive into work, usually on the days for PFT, like I don't want to. I don't listen to the radio. Nothing. I don't want to hear anything. You're 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 already kind of locked in. I'm locked in, and I just I'm like I'm about to talk and raise my energy up, so I'm saving up for for whatever we got to do here. We have like a ten minute walk to school to middle school. My wife and I with our youngest. Right. And like today, I'm. I mean, the second we walked out the door, I'm thinking about God. Mahomes was really bad. It's been it's been bad for a while. What, what are the best ways I can frame it to Chris? And yeah. holy cow, the Bengals were good. Yeah. Let's talk about Joe Burrow three days later in a smart way. And I, we're like three quarters of the way to school by now. Yeah. And and my wife and my son have been talking yeah. the whole time. And there's a silence. I'm like, hey, buddy, you got any tests today? Yeah. And then the, the look is like, yeah, we've, we've been, been talking, talking about, about this it. the last five minutes. <laughs> like, what, like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I get that a lot too. That's all right. All right. Comes with the job. Partners in being rotten. Yeah. Bob that's right. Ever. Can't do it all. Can't do it all. Okay? Can't be good at everything. Okay. As as for football. Yeah. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Anytime we're going to have a show that starts with what the fuck happened yeah. and the Chiefs have three points still yeah. on Sunday right. and Patrick Mahomes is playing the whole game, right. I think we have to start there. Yeah. So I, I did spend some time thinking about how to frame this. Cool. My best shot is how the hell do the Chiefs have three points? Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes was playing. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, listen, it's it's an amazement. I mean, of course, it's the first time ever we've seen that happen. And we know Mahomes has not been his best this year. There's no doubt about that. We've broken a few plays down, a few different spots throughout the year where you just go, ooh, you know, stay in the pocket, stay true to your reads. I think, like, b- the perfect storm of both of those came together in this game 
okay, as far as him being undisciplined at the quarterback position. And, and I'm listen, I'm still in shock when I say it out loud. I'm like, am I really talking about Patrick Mahomes, know, who right? I think is already in, like, the greatest quarterbacks ever conversation, and we're saying that. Um, you know, I wish I had something to tell you to go, it was some masterful defensive game plan. Like, whoa. I mean, hey, they're, they're, a more, they're more of a well-coached defense in Tennessee than they have been in the past. But it's the same story we always talk about. Mm-hmm. What do they do? Right. They rushed four. They dropped seven or eight into coverage. And they didn't let up the big play. Right. It'll, I can't sit here and go, whoa, they played defenses that I've never seen before. No. They mixed it up. There was a lot of, you know, deep zones of cover four, you know, cover four to one side, cover two to the other side, deep cover three type of things where, you know, again, they know where to look at as far as the formations and and what to expect from Kansas City. But I can't sit here and tell you that this was like, you know, the 2018 AFC Championship game, Patriots-Chiefs, where the Patriots brought out a defense that I'd never seen in the history of football. No, it's nothing like that. And I also, I, I think we can't act like right. this thing lives in a vacuum, like it's just one. We have to pay attention to the entire first few weeks of the season. Yeah, definitely. And even though it was their fewest points in nine seasons under Andy Reid, they've had more more misses than hits in terms of like living up to their standard. No doubt. This year. And so three points in one game, you can be like, God, that's, that's amazing. Tennessee's defense must have been incredible. Right. Like, I think was it um, last year? that Rodgers and Green Bay went to Tampa Bay and just sucked the entire yeah, game. Right. It was one game. Yeah. It was one game. Right. There were ones before and after it that were good. Yes. This has to be pointed out because it's been – this was a low, the, the low point. No doubt. But it's been kind of going this way all season. De- definitely. I think that's, that's really what it is. I mean, Cleveland week one was good. They got off to a slow start, but when it was good – Baltimore was actually pretty good for the most part. They had their moments, and then for they sure. had mistakes at the end of the game on that one. Yeah, and it seems like really from that point on, it got a little crazy. Like because then the Chargers game was the next week where they lost at home against uh, Los Angeles, and that was I think the first time we broke down some plays where we were like, "Listen, I don't." Mahomes was just off. He missed some plays, and and of course uh, they rebounded in Buff- uh, Philadelphia. Buffalo the next week was. A little bit of everything. I'm yeah. not just going to put it all on Mahomes, but we saw, yeah. But the offense only scored two touchdowns. Exactly right. It wasn't the same performance we've seen from this right. team or been accustomed to. But then they went to Washington. We're great. And we're great. And yeah. other than the stupid, you know, fumbled snap interception, Mahomes played the best game of the year. And I went, oh, okay, here we go. Kansas City's got it. He's, he's going to be back disciplined playing the right way, but then last week it makes me question everything. So I think, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think seven games in, if, if you took two months ago and said, who are the five best offenses? Right. Who are the five best defenses? Right. And now you kind of take a look around and say, which one of those ten groups is the furthest below what we thought they'd be? Yeah. I think the Chiefs' offense is probably the one that comes up. I, I think so. I think so. And again, hey, listen, again, they're the number three offense in football still. still. good. But not yep. doing it when they need to be the number three offense in football. That's the point. And it's about what's there to be had sometimes. And they, as I've always said, they leave some plays and some moments where you go, what, what's going on there? And, um, yeah, it just hasn't been as consistent. And then added to that, their defense is back to like yeah. it was in 18 yeah. and 2017 where they're letting up a lot of big plays and not very good. So that's putting a little bit more pressure on the offense on that side of the ball. And, again, I always go into this when you're evaluating teams. It's on Kansas City's offense to fix the problem here. That's where the team is built. I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked it up. But their left guard and left tackle, I would bet you that's the most expensive left side of the offensive mm. line in football. I mean, Kelsey's, what, top three highest yeah. paid tight ends. Tyree Kill's top three or four wide receivers. Mahomes is the highest. It is on them 
to make it happen, let alone a second-round pick at center, you know, and other good assets on their offensive line that are helping out. So that's the part of the team that's supposed to carry them, supposed to put the pressure on the other team, like the Dallas Cowboys offense. Let's take that for instance, right? Yeah. Their defense ain't that special either. It's towards the bottom 10 in football, right. but you don't know because the Cowboys offense is constantly executing and playing at such a high level. The defense isn't putting many they, tough spots. And they've also improved it a little this year. Yes. And I think that matters that with matters the judgment. No and Kansas City has gone the other way yes, a little exactly bit. Yes, exactly right. Okay, 100%. how about some visual evidence here? Let's do it. You ready for it? Yeah. All right, uh, let's go. Kansas City here, the offense, first quarter, 746 left. Uh, still a game, Kansas City down 7 nothing. Right. I think we're going to see second down 9. Yeah, second down 9, okay, and I'm going to stand up right off the bat here, okay. And what have we talked about all year with Mahomes? More than anything, not staying true to reads, and I know I've said at least four or five times, like, just not staying in the pocket. Like, where are we going? Why are we going here? Well, what's going on here, all right? And we've talked about also nothing to do with Kansas City, but like quarters coverage has come mm. up every week, right? It's more popular in football right now than I think it's been in the last eight, 10 years for, for a lot of different reasons. But quarters coverage is a big play coverage. You can, you can crush it with certain yes. route combinations. Yeah. And we've seen that. I mean, how many times have we, sh- we show at least two or three plays every, every week? Every week we're here talking about big plays against right. quarters. All right. So here we go. Right off the bat here, I'm just going to draw the play to start it. We got boom. Post route, okay? I think that's, uh, I believe that's McCole Hardman, and he's going to be open, okay? So just take my word for it. We're going to have a deep crossing route. Um, he's going to be open. Just take my word for it. Out here is um, our big Josh Gordon. I, I believe that's Josh Gordon. He's going to run an in cut. He's going to be wide open, all right? It's a one, two, three read. It's one, two, three, okay? Well, that's a bad three. And then whatever, the back on the check down or whoever's going to be underneath, all right? But either way, it's the perfect play against the perfect defense, all right? And here's what I want to watch. Okay, this side, Harold Landry, going to get some pressure, all right? So here we go. Let's start it off. Watch it a little bit. Here comes Harold Landry around the edge. If you look at it quickly, you just go, well, yeah, he's under pressure. He had a move, right? He had a move. Absolutely freaking not. Absolutely freaking not. And I can promise you this is what he's being coached right now. Hey, this is the NFL, first off. This isn't high school football or college football where you do stuff like this, all right? And this is where I go. He needs to start watching some, like, Brady, Dan Marino, Joe Burrow film to watch how to manipulate the pocket like a master. Okay, first off, I want to get to the top of the screen with Nicole Hartman. Here, look, what do we got? Flat-footed safety, all right? And this play, we're not going to be able to show it all. We don't have all 22 film. He's going to be open, running the post route. You see here, coming across, I believe that's Tyreek, all right? He's right now, you can already tell once he clears this guy, there's going to be space over here in this region. Let alone Josh Gordon run the in cut behind him, there's more space. It's the perfect play. It's the perfect play. And to this picture right here, okay, this is great protection. Look at the damn pocket. Just step up. Well, first right? off, you're never going to be protected. Right, exactly. Step up. You're exactly right. You're never going to be protected. All right. The ball's here. You're never going to be protected when you're 10 yards deep. After Again, those are things that, you know, not all teams talk about it all the time, but i got to think Andy Reid talks about this. Mm-hmm. I know with some of the good coordinators I was with through my career, they always talked about, like, 10 yards deep. You're never going to – the tackle doesn't – he has no chance. I mean, there's never anywhere the defense alignment has to turn. We talk about bend with edge rushers, right, all the time. Yeah. They don't have to bend when you're 10, 11 yards deep. They just, they just go, run. I can run on that angle yeah. to that spot. All right. So, 
we get to this, and you know, again, it it just it doesn't get any more of like the perfect pocket. He should just step up, stay in his throwing position right there. Look at this. He's got a freaking wall here. He's got nothing. Yeah. He's got nothing. Look at Tyree Kill. At the very least, you can see, like, oh, yeah, he's going to be open. Chris Sims is right. I'm just telling you, with Patrick Mahomes and McCole Hardman, he's got him beat by a step or two, and I've seen him do this 9 million times where he hits that throw. So, question. Yeah. Do you think that he is turning to run out of the pocket too early because – He's suffering from kind of the way it was last year. He wasn't protected well. Or throughout his career, he's been so good at running around and creating that he's just kind of gotten away with it, and and I'll get away with it again. It's a great question, and I think it's both. I think it's a little bit of both. I think last year created some bad habits for him. Had to. It does. And then, you know, Florio brought up a point this week that's like the toe because he knows he's not quite as fast and explosive, and he's just a little off. Is he looking to gain that advantage to get out just a hair quicker? I don't know. Again, yeah. I've told you I've got some info that there is some concern about his toe that is not totally 100%. But either way, I think your point is real of the fact that bad habits from last year because, again, I challenge anybody to go back and watch this last seven or eight games of last year of his pressure every yeah. play. So that caused some bad habits. And then to your point – you're exactly right. I mean, he's been magical moving. Yeah. So I think he's a little bit like, well, I'll just get out in the move, and I'm Patty Mahomes, and I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. Big deal. Right. But, you know, there's too many plays being left on the board right now. And my man who is my man, okay, I mean, this is my guy. This is I, 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 I'm here at NBC because of proclamations like Patrick Mahomes coming out in the draft, all right? So I, I, I love talking about Patty Mahomes. But my man here is too damn good to do this. And my man here right now, Patty Mahomes, is watching the, watching the rush too much. Mm. He's watching it. He is. And I'm going to show some other plays here in a second where you just go, I, I don't know what he's looking at. Like, what, why? I don't know. He's not looking down the field. He is looking at the rush. But either way, this is perfection as far as uh, – protection is concerned and man he's making life hard on the man orlando yeah, brown yep. i mean he's doing him no help at all all right let's see if we can just glean anything else here as far as you know the the play itself i don't think so i think we, you know we're going to see about what we're going to see here but here's my point too again look we just saw we just saw hill right here he is he's running on the cross this guy's running this way this guy's going to match him at the very least, he is wide open. I'm just telling you, Patty Mahomes, yeah. the first two or three years, hits wow. that for a touchdown. And that's concerning. Okay, so it's 7 nothing. It should be first and 10, 7-7. Seven, seven. Now it's third and whatever, and they don't get the first down, and they punt it. And right. guess what happens? Oh, Derrick Henry and company go 96 yards for a touchdown. Now you're down 14 nothing. Yep. The game in the NFL is that fickle. That's where people are like, whoa, they got their ass kicked. And it's just like, yeah, they got their ass kicked because they didn't execute on five plays and it changes right. the fucking game. If, if he steps up and, and hits the open crosser there, maybe they score at 7-7. I, that's what I mean. Or yeah. like, like I would tell you, and I know people, you got, you got to go back and look if you got NFL game pass or anything like that. He's got the post route to McCole Hardman too. So mm. the, the point is they should at least have a first down and be in field goal range right, right off the bat. Instead, they're not going to get anything and it's going to be punt. What is there to be had? That was something that was there to be had. For sure. He left it on the field. There you go. Yep. Great point. A, yep. a great visual there about pocket feel. Pocket feel. And stepping up. If you're watching on TV, you go, well, oh, man, he got a little pressure there. But then, I, you know, that's where film helps. Because I go, what? No, that was 
great protection. Yeah, he kind of. I was wrong that. watching that in the, on real time. Okay, so as you mentioned, Tennessee went down and scored. So yep. next drive, late in the first quarter, Chiefs now down fourteen nothing. First and ten on their own thirty-six. Little things, and again, I I, I could have shown as Pete did a little, little, little. I just could show. I could show. I could have shown eight plays here. Lots today. of them. I could have shown eight. I mean, maybe nine, just to go whatever. I mean, yeah. again, all right. This one is not like he missed a huge play downfield. Okay. This one though, fourteen nothing, end of the first quarter. Let's let's put ourselves in some good positions. Let's get some momentum here. All right. They run a simple play, probably because they're like, man, Patty's not seeing the field real mm-hmm. well. So let's do something simple and get him in rhythm. He's just gonna run a six yard hitch route, what they call six yard curl route for those listening. All right. Six yards turn around. All right. Six yards turn around up top by Demarcus Robinson. Travis Kelsey. Six yard, he's got maybe an option, turn around of its zone, whatever. That, that, that's the play. There it is. Uh, and again, this is not going to be so much about pocket awareness, but this is going to be about like something is off in his head with the mental clock right now. Mm. And I want everybody to watch down here. This is the first read, of course. He's wide open. He's wide open. He doesn't even let him. Is like, that Tyreek? Tyreek. Yeah, okay. He's going to be wide open. Patty doesn't even let him get to the top of the route and turns and throw and looks over here like like he had already predetermined that they'll cover Tyreek so I'm just going to get up here I'm going to give it a quick look and get up here and that's where you know you have to play the game you got to do what the defense tells you to do you can't do oh I think the defense is going to do this because that's when you get yourself in trouble and you leave plays on the field. So look at the bottom of anybody here. Look at the bottom of the screen. It's backing off. Right now you're just going, oh, my gosh, okay, I'm going to get a, a guaranteed six, eight yards from – look at this. I mean, what? 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 He's, he's not – he's already looking away. And there's he's, nobody – I mean, the, the, the D-end is going to run to get underneath. Gonna run he's going to be behind he, it. He's, he's got no chance. Yeah. And this doesn't even do – I mean, listen, the ball is going to be boom right there. He's got no chance of making that play. None. Right. Nor is he looking. But he's already gotten off it. I mean, look look how he looks at it here, and I'm going to play it in slow-mo. He looks – Tyreek Hill is not even at the top of his route. He's already off of it. Wow. And he comes over here. Tennessee has rolled down to a cover three little coverage here to bracket him. All right? And there's nothing. And I what's at the top up? of that play, Chris, that he wasn't even going to look, but he, he was looking there. I know. And saw him and didn't throw it. Because he, like, pre- – I mean, listen, I don't know what he did. Mm-hmm. But all I know is right now he's off. And having played the position a little at a very low level, but being around it my whole life, sometimes you get into little funks like this where you're going, like, they can't really do that against Tyree Kill like, mm-hmm. and play that. Like, it's not going to be that easy. Just throw to him. Oh, so I'm, I'll look there real quick, and then it, Kelsey will be open over here. I don't know what else to say, but it's pretty, pretty apparent here. As you see, here's the top of the route. Tyree Kill has seven yards of space. Seven. I mean – at the very least, even if he can't make one more yards, you're going to be in second and four. But we know that's not going to be the case. This guy's got one, two, three rockets up his ass, okay? And <laughs> he's going to catch the ball and get a first down, or who knows, make the guy miss and run up the sidelines for 20 yards. But that, again, is puts them in a bad spot. Hmm. Now it's second and ten. And I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but it ends up being uh, they end up punting two plays later. It becomes third and eleven. They run the ball next play. I remember if I remember correctly, and then they have to punt the ball after that. And we have one more play to get to, but before we do, 
a lot of these things that, that we show and slow down and stop make it look easy, and it's not. One of the easiest things a quarterback can do yeah. is have his best receiver – Soft corner, nobody underneath, to just stand up and hit him. Gimme. It's gimmies. like, don't miss the layups when you're struggling. That's right. And that was a potential quarterback layup. That, I mean, that's you said the phrase, right? I think I said the phrase, right? And, and Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and NFL football worlds, they're going, these are gimmies, layups, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take the gimme, we'll take the layup all day long. Right. And there you go. So now, again, instead of being in first and 10 and down 14 nothing or second and two, and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy able to call any play they want in the playbook, they try to run the ball a little bit because, first off, when you do stuff like that, they're going, oh, shit. Every, that was the easiest read in our playbook. So now you're scared. You're going, I don't, I don't know what the fuck to call. Yeah. I mean, he's messing up, like, the first play ever learned here in Kansas City. Yeah. So that's where that's scary, and I can't believe we're saying that. And, of course, the game is easy for him usually compared right. to you and me. So uh, Mahomes' sixth consecutive game with at least one pick. He had six all the last year. This is an interception on the next drive. Halfway through second quarter, it's now 17 to nothing. First and 10 on their own 25. Now, like, this one, the guys aren't as egregiously open as all the other plays we've shown, shown so far. But, again, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes here. Like, right. All-time great already. I don't need to see much more football unless he just continues to play like he has here a few times this year, and then he won't be an all-time great. But I have a hard time believing he'll stay in this funk forever. Here's the play. It's right up here, Tyree Kill. I think uh, Kelsey runs some sort of short route right here. We got a crosser, and then we got an in-cut. Similar to the play we just – the first play we showed, right? But instead of the post over the top, they're going to try to get him doing a go route down the sideline. Tyree Kill, all right, and again, I'm not gonna, you're not going to be able to see all of this. He's going to release. This guy, it's cover three, is going to get back here, as you're going to see. But when they get back around here, it's even to Tyree Kill's pulling away. And I want to go, why wouldn't we throw it to the fastest receiver maybe in the history of football when he's even? And, of course, they're great at this. Yeah. And then we're going to see again here, it's going to be good protection. But I want to see if anybody can realize, like, or see what I see. And it's hard, you know, with these angles. Of course, we're watching. This is the TV angle. But he he does he never looks upfield. Uh, you're gonna just I, I like everybody like if you know you're watching here. Watch Mahomes. Tell me if you think he ever really looks upfield. Like to me, it looks like he's watching the rush around him right now. And this, this one doesn't do as much justice as, like, an end zone copy of all 22 film right there. So you can't really tell, all right? But for my, for my money, and, again, just my experiences, he's got his eyes on these guys, and he's not even looking at, at Tyree Kill down the field, okay? And, again, I've seen him make way harder degree of difficulty throws and make a completion. He's, it's a straight go route. It's yeah. just throw it out there 60 yards, and you're going to get a 60-yard gain and maybe a touchdown. Mm. Now, let's, let's continue with the play here. You know, just never – I mean, never gets eyes on anybody, okay? And the crossing route is not open. No, okay. But the in-cut I talked about over here is wide open. But I don't know if he ever looks at anybody – let alone he could just throw right here and throw the check down to it is, Travis Kelsey. It is first and ten. It's so, first and ten. Yeah. So, like, you could do that. Fine. Yeah. But my point to he's not looking down the field and he's watching the rush, to me, is the real thing. To me, from what I saw, and, again, it's a little harder to see here because the eyes never really got 
like I, the one thing I'm confident in is the eyes never got over here. It was always down the middle. And again, there are people down the middle, but for my money, I don't think he's really looking at them. I think he's looking at these two guys and what's around them. All right. And here he is. Like, again, I'm just saying if I was in New England or a Josh McDaniels or John Gruden and it was Tom Brady playing quarterback or Kyle Orton playing quarterback when I was in Denver, if I was with Brian Greasy or Brad Johnson in Tampa, they'd be going, hey, big guy. You know, Gruden would be going, hey, big guy. Or, you know, Josh McDaniels like, stay in the pocket. Go through your reads. It's, we got the play. We got it. We got, okay, it's the third read's going to be open. You got enough time to get to the third read here. There's no reason to do this. And... Again, boom, throws the ball. Like, Hmm. I'm not – the interception he gets a little unlucky with from this standpoint. The defender is not even looking, so that's why he throws it. Mm -hmm. Okay? He he throws it for that reason. But David Long gets his hand up at the last second with his back turned, and it pops in the air. Yeah. But the point, again, is, you know, you can't turn down completions and think, well, I'll get another one here later in the play. And that's, to me, where it's just off right now. It's yeah. really off. And uh, like I said, we, I could show another four or five plays of this type of stuff right here. And that was, um, yeah, plenty of examples of that. I was talking with Peter on his podcast yesterday, and I said, after thinking about the Chiefs and watching them some, it's got to be one of two things with the fact that their offense has come back to earth a little bit here yeah. and then really struggled Sunday. Either all these defenses and the coordinators that spent so much time because sure. they knew, okay, if we're going to get further in the AFC, we've got to find a way to be Kansas There's City, some of that, which means sure. we have to find a way to slow the right. offense. Right. They've either developed a scheme that's working much better, yeah. or Mahomes truly has regressed a little bit, at least in this little chunk of the yeah. season. Yeah. Based off of the plays you pick there, it, it seems to be a little bit more on what Patrick is doing or not doing. Definitely. Definitely in that game, for sure. In, in that think, one game. Yeah, and I think we can go back to the Chargers game, and I could probably say the same thing for that game. Yeah. Has the league caught on to their offense to a degree? Yeah, I we've talked about it. So. Yes, they yeah. have, for sure. Definitely. But if, the, it, 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 if they just stay true to form and he's patient, like, like we saw last week against Washington or other games this year, it's still, they're still unstoppable. But I've never seen him do some of the stuff he's doing right there. And, uh, yeah, he's in a little bit of a funk for sure, and we're going to see if he bounces back this week. And that's uh, – I want to put it to bed, put the Chiefs to bed with that yeah. one question. Against the Giants, Like that, that game feels a lot different than it did looking at it a month ago. That what, game, yeah, is going to be sneaky. Yeah, it's I think it's a sneaky game, Monday right? night game. Yeah, yeah. because the, the, the Giants' defense is well coached. They're going to be able to break down some of the things they do schematically. I don't know if they can get pressure on Mahomes consistently and affect them that way. Yeah. But – they're going to know the scheme and have a plan similar to Vrabel and the other ones to go, like, you're not going to get these big plays. And then the Giants, if they're healthy on offense, which it's sounding like they might be, I mean, of course they're going to be able to move the ball in Kansas City. Everybody can. Yeah. Greenwich High School can move the ball in Chiefs defense. <laughs> so that's where, yeah, we'll see where that goes. If the Chiefs could fix one thing, prioritize one thing where this was bad last week and it's going to be better this week, what would that one thing um, be? To me, it would just be – Patty, stay true to the offense. Let's let's go back to year you know year two and his first year playing of just getting back to the basics here. That that would be what I would say. Let's not try to be magic Mahomes and what I know all those things have made you so great, but right now he's leaving plays and yards within the normal rhythm of the offense on the field way too much. You know, even for you know like, like again, I'm not sitting here proud to say this about right. the guy that I think's the fucking man <laughs> right yeah okay so that that was one afc team with yeah. the, what happened 
that really ended with with a question mark. Let's right. move to one that's kind of like an exclamation point or yeah. two yeah. with the Bengals. Right. Oh my gosh, they kind of <laughs> hinting around that they were pretty good all season. Yeah. And then they go to Baltimore right. and just put on a clinic in that second half. Yes. How to rack up big plays and score points. Let's get a peek at uh, before we get a peek. Yeah. What's your impression on why the Bengals are not only winning, yeah. but why that offense is producing big play after big play? Yeah, I mean, first off, you know, I hope people heard me last week. The Bengals aren't going anywhere. I, I, you know, I didn't know if they would win or beat the Bravens last week. I didn't know that, but they're, they're a good team. They're, they're here to stay. I think the defense is talented and well-coached. All right, so just on that side of the ball. they got big people up front, pretty good pass rushers. they got three linebackers who are athletic and don't have to come off the field a whole lot, so that helps them. And their secondary, I'm a big fan of their secondary. Offensively, I think, is what you asked me about. And Sorry I didn't get to this no, point right away. Oh, good. The offense has a little of everything to offer, right? They can do a little bit of it all. They do, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, I'm just amazed by the offense. But what they do do every week is find a, like two or three ways to create a big play or it's just one-on-one, and, oh, well, you're going one-on-one on Jamar Chase on this play? Okay, we'll just take it. We're, you're, we're gonna, he's better than your guy, and Joe's going to put it on the money, and they'll do that. And that's where they got a good blend, let alone Joe will just make a play scrambling or two. So it's like offensive line has gotten better. I think that's the thing. We've kind of seen it get better week by week, and then you got a tight end that's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. you got three receivers who are pretty yeah. damn good, really four receivers that are pretty damn good. Who's your fourth there? Well, I'm, who am I? Because uh, you got Higgins, Boyd, and, and Jamar. Uh, and then the, the big guy, Tate, okay. the, and then number 19. He's yep. another one. He's a great fourth receiver to have. And then he could control Joe Mixon, yeah. who's a star running back. Underrated. A star running back. Yeah. And so that's why they're here to stay. And uh, – they they had answers for Baltimore in this game, and I think that's the coolest thing about it. I guess. It. Yeah. Uh, one number here before yeah. we get started. 43 plays of 20 yards or more last season, second fewest in the NFL. Yeah. They already have 32 this season, top five in the NFL. So you make the decision to go receiver instead of left tackle in the draft because well you want to be more explosive. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's only seven games, it's but man, oh, man. Yes, right? exactly right. That's where I, you know, I think the old adage of like, oh, we're going to get bigger and stronger. Like, yeah. it's not, I don't think in 2021, not anymore. I'd rather just go with the explosive guy. He changes the game more. You know, he's in, he helps out the, the offensive line and, and, and the run game in ways that you can't really quantify by just going, do we take the big franchise Hall of Fame left tackle or the Hall of Fame you know, wide receiver? And I, I understand the thought there and everything like that. And it's easy to say right now, hey, it's easy because Penny Sewell hasn't been great and Jamar Chase is already one of the five best receivers in football. Yeah. So, yes, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you with that, that conversation. Okay, you, you just mentioned that there were a lot of examples of Mahomes and the Chiefs probably yeah. not playing very well right. last weekend. Right. I'm going to guess there were a lot of examples of Burrow and the offense playing very well in this game. So let's get to the first one you picked out. And don't forget, this was a close game early. I mean, yeah. the end score was a blowout, but this is the game's tied at three, first down and ten in the second quarter. It will eventually end up in a 55-yard touchdown. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, the, the big thing is here is – you know, again, like I said, they got a little bit of everything. Here's a three tight end set with the wide receiver, Joe Mixon, you know, and they do a good job of like every week just having like two or three. We think we know what you're going to do here, and we're going to dial up something to really screw you over. And right? he's under center. He's under center. Love it. Love that. Yeah. He's a, unlike Mahomes, like right now, like we're talking about, Burrow plays true to form on his reads every play. He is as good in the pocket as anybody in football. 
I mean, he's a master in the pocket. He is, I always call him, he's some slippery son, son of a bitch. That's what I always call him. I mean, that's what he is. <laughs> All right, so um, let's, let me look at this here. All right, what down was it? Was it so second? we have, we have first and first ten. First and ten. First yep. and ten, great. Okay. Tied at three. All right, so here we go. Let me just see if I can get to the point I really want to get here and pause this the right way. Okay, all right. So here, here it is. You're going to see the little fake the speed sweep, right? It's going to fake to Joe Mixon. He's going to roll out just a little bit. It's a controlled rollout, not like a bootleg. And then you're going to have a crossing route. And then with that, here's Zuma, who's a very good player. Usually with this type of play, the tight end runs a corner route. That's usually how it goes, right? I mean, you've had this play in your offense in some capacity in every level almost. you got a million ways to get to the three levels. Exactly right. Yeah. Three levels, right? So he's just going to go, it's usually one, two, and then whoever. It could be the back in the flat, or I think it's this guy in the flat here. Or actually, it might be the speed sweep guy in the flat. Excuse me. But you're right. Three-level throw. Yep. All right. Baltimore is playing man-to-man. You're, you're seeing he's going to go across. Here goes a corner with him. This is where I know they knew what to expect. First off, Baltimore is really well coached. We talk about sometimes where, you know, it, on a defense where like, they're living up, giving up a lot of big plays, we go, wait, you can't ask this guy to play man-to-man on the tight end and then also be responsible for the C or D gap in the run game <laughs> because there's going to be things that it's just not going to be fair and realistic to ask him to do, right? So we just said it's man-to-man, and here's Queen – who's a really good athletic player, he's got him man-to-man. But Wink Martindale is, like, a smart guy, and the fact that, like, wait, I can't ask him, you know, to cover him man-to-man, and if they run some play-action fake right at him, of course he's going to run up and fill his gap that he has to fill up, and now we're going to ask him to chase the guy downfield, right? That's not fair. That's not realistic. You're not setting up yourself for success on defense when people do that. So what they asked to do here, because Wink is smart – but Zach Taylor was smarter in this one to go, wait, I think if we get in this formation, I might be able to screw them over. So instead of Uzoma running the corner route like we always see, he's going to run the post route. And you go, well, why would he do that with a single safety there? Well, they know that within this, and if they fake here, Queen's going to go fill his spot. Here comes a tight end across. Now there's nobody to cover him man-to-man. So they ask the safety to cut mm. the crosser is what we would call it. All right? Little bit of a, it's a cool idea. It's going to work most of the time, right? And as you'll see here, there we go. And, okay, like I said, right now it's looking just like we said, right? I mean, it's three levels. There's the guy in the short. Here comes the crosser. Oh, look, he's going to run this. They look good. And, look, you can see the safety is coming down because he's going, wait, this is my rule here because Patrick Queen – he, doesn't, he can't be right there. He's got to be worried about Joe Mixon, who's damn good. So he's going after him. All right. So now they cut the crosser, as you can see right here. All right. And look at like Uzoma. He's kind of looking yeah, here. He's leaning. He's leaning Marlon Humphrey. As usual, they put Marlon Humphrey in the toughest position there is possible, which is what he does. And that's why he's way better than any – numbers grading system or what people realize they always put him in the toughest spot um but he's gonna go boom and boom all right because that safety is left center field to cut this guy off as the crosser because that's what he's been coached to do and meanwhile up here at the top we got joe b who's coming out 
All right, and he's going, wait, there's a guy coming off the edge here, and he's just great at, oh, wait, let me stop. Let me get back over here where there's a little more protection because I got Braven's defense screwed, and I just need to buy myself a half a second so I can throw this ball up to Uzoma. Uzuma, Uzoma, I, I mess it up all the time. Great play, great throw, as you could see, right on the money, but, like, that, that all goes to, to Zach Taylor and the offensive coordinator just knowing exactly what they're going to do, and then Burrow and Uzuma finishing it off with a great play. I'm glad you pointed out how Burrow kind of slid instead of ran out of the yeah, pocket because we just right. saw an example of a very good quarterback who ran out of the pocket right. instead of stepped up. We right. see the results just on that tiny little thing. Yep. And a little bit of self-scouting myself, too, that they yeah. normally – maybe they knew, hey, we always run – this third level that way no doubt we're going to set him up because no it's, it's not like Humphrey isn't really good as no, you pointed out right it's not like Martindale isn't really smart right right they got one over they self-scouted themselves this yeah. is right there Baltimore had self-scouted sure. them yeah. and said wait this is what they always do <laughs> yeah we're gonna play it this way Humphrey was in his outside hip pocket right. waiting for him to right. go that way exactly right we're gonna have yeah. to safety cut the crosser there'll be nothing there we've seen this on film I'm gonna I bet you Cincinnati's run that concept the way we first showed it I, I bet you a handful of times already the whole year, maybe, right. maybe more than that. So, yes, they're thinking, Baltimore's thinking, stuff. we got them screwed over. Right. And Cincinnati going, oh, yeah, sure yeah. you do. We shall see. Yes. Okay, Jamar Chase goes over 200 yards. We've talked about him already. I need a little Jamar Chase. I think we find it at late second quarter, tied at 10, second yep. and 10 on the Raven 45. Yep, all right. And, I mean, listen, last week we talked about it like all the time, right, just as far as, like, managing the weird looks of Baltimore. Yeah. You know, what, what, what are you going to do? How are you going to do it? And this, to me, was one of the keys to the game. It's just a great example to show it, first off. Yeah, I mean, with them, Baltimore here, I mean, it's six guys at the line of scrimmage. You just you don't know. You're like, I, I don't know who's coming, who's dropping. Is this guy going to come and he going to cover him? There's just so many different ways they can do it. Tight end lined up in the backfield kind of like a fullback is so smart to deal with that unknown. Exactly right, because now what they do with the tight end, I'm, this is why I wanted to point this out. He's in this A-gap between the right guard and the center. So now, and I don't know if any, everybody can see it, but the two A-gap guys in the, middle, in the middle here, right? Now the center can take one. The guard can take the down lineman. The left tackle can take the other down lineman. Uzoma can take the other A-gap blitzer if he comes. And now they got two linemen on two linemen. So they got six guys. And you got the back just waiting and there just the in back, case. Just in case. And some of the crazy That's stuff. Great, man. Hey, just look at, you know, whatever, secondary guys. If you see some crazy safety blitz, hey, we'd like you to help out. Do all that. They were great at this all day. Look, and even the back, Perrine, look at him over here. He's giving a look yeah. just to make sure, wait, hey, do I need to help? They're, they're going, hey, look for work a little bit before you check Did out. Did they do that a lot? Yeah, like as far as this as a normal thing? Not, not just leaving seven in, but having right. that seventh guy, if, if we can count the tight end as a seventh guy, kind of there just like waiting and watching where you can see the it, whole thing. It's, it's, it, when they got the double A looks and yeah. if they got similar formations, yes. It's kind of becoming it's, the new thing to stop the double awesome. A thing in the NFL with the offenses. It's like stop trying to figure out and guess all this crap. Right? Yeah. Let's just put him here. Then we can move our old lineman over there. And then you'll see, I think P. Ryan gets out here uh, eventually after he checks and goes, okay, wait, we got bodies on bodies. We're good. And then, hey, at the top of the screen, of course, we got, you know, Mr. Invincible right now and Jamar Chase, who's just going to, I mean, he's almost, I'm just telling you, to this point, I don't care who you are in football anymore. I don't care. There's no corner in football that can cover this guy one-on-one. Nobody. Nobody. He gives a little shake. 
He comes inside. He breaks on the in cut. Joe B is protected. And now it's 10 10. And I mean, Joe's not, and Joe never flinches in the pocket as to like some of the things we've talked about. I mean, Joe, look, I mean, he doesn't look, he's not even looking at the rush. I mean, that's part of the reason why he got hurt last year because he's just like, I'll just stand here all day. And if I feel like I got to move, I'll move. Joe throws a freaking mm. dime, okay, Perfect. which is important for guys like Jamar Chase because they don't ever have to slow down. And here we go. It's the Jamar Chase. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> I mean, that's what he does. Yeah. And all of a sudden it becomes, I don't know what it ended up being, a 30-yard gain or whatever, but here they are. There it is. I mean, he is so fun to watch. He's my man crush in football right now. You talking Joe or you talking Jamar? Well, Jamar. Jamar. Yeah. I love Joe, too. You might too. like them both. I, I, do, I like Joe a lot, too. Yeah. I do. But, man, Jamar is something else. So, just like I said about Mahomes, that performance didn't live in a vacuum because you have to look at what they did before. Yeah. That doesn't live in a vacuum either because I think we have to consider what Justin Herbert did and didn't do on that same field against that same defense last week against the Ravens. I, I think you said, and I'm paraphrasing, they disguise and trick and kind of make you wonder what's going on at line of scrimmage better than anybody. Yeah. Let's look at what Herbert did last week against the Blitz. Really struggled, understandably. Sure. And then it makes it look – it makes it – Look like what Burrow did. It makes it look even better. Yeah. Considering what what Herbert didn't do last week. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, I, I think there's you know there's a few things at play here. You know, hey, Chargers didn't play their best. There's no doubt about that. We know that. Um, I think there's more of a run game to worry about when you play Cincinnati. So yeah. that makes things harder on Baltimore to a degree too. And then ultimately, the biggest thing is experience. And they they've they know Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, Zach Taylor, this is year three for him, right? Year three? Right, yeah, year three. Yeah. So they got some clues on what they do in certain formations and what blitzes they bring and certain personnel sets to where that helps. And now with talent and Joe Burrow being the second year, and they got three interior offensive linemen who are some big fuckers mm. that even for a team like Baltimore, they can't move them. And the tackles are playing okay. But yeah, they, you know, again, you're always worried about your division, your teams in your division. So they're building their team worrying about, like, oh, we got to beat Pittsburgh and Baltimore. we got to figure this out. And, of course, they've done their due diligence on figuring out how to pick up some of these crazy blitzes and defenses things they do. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Let's look at the other side of this matchup. Uh, Lamar Jackson had an off day. The offense had an off day, especially in the second half. If you look at the last six quarters the Ravens played before this, that second half against Indy where they really came alive and scored a bunch of points, Uh they were really good against the Chargers, and then it just really came to a halt last weekend. Why? Baltimore's not a great running team. They got some really good concepts that I like. They're not as – and I mean this like statistically. I don't know where they are. They're probably top five. I, when I'm talking about running, like, first off, it can't be Lamar Jackson amazing scrambles. That's not running the ball. Right. Okay. They had a few good quarterback design runs in this game that helped. But, like, I, I don't know if this is a year where even against the great defenses like years past, you can still go, well, they can just give it to the running back and they're still going to get mm-hmm. yards. I don't know if they're not that as good as up front as they, they've been 
in years past. And then, of course, Cincinnati's good, too. Yeah. And Cincinnati with DJ Reader and Ogunjobi in the middle, they're, they're, they're tough. Ogunjobi's big and pretty athletic. DJ Reader is a space eater. You can't move him. And then they got two defense ends and Hubbard and Hendrickson who can do everything kind of good. We can play the run good. We rush the passer pretty good. So that's really what helps them out on that side of the ball. But they squashed the running back run game from Baltimore. And that made Baltimore have to go, shit, we're not going to be able to run the ball other than maybe the Lamar Jackson play here and there. Yeah. And they forced Baltimore into a total pass game for the most part, and that's where things changed. They stopped the run. Good job explaining that. So then when they got to the portion of the game where it was our blitz against your blitz pickup, yeah. That was win bangles. There most was of the game. win bangles. This is something that kind of reared its ugly head a little bit in the first half of the game. And I went, oh, I don't Baltimore's plan against this. Do they have a plan? What is their plan? And I think uh, defensive coordinator Lou uh, uh, Anarumo and Arumo. I oh, mean, I can we'll work on it. That. I, it's something we can there. Practice. He's he's. I think he realized the same thing I'm saying, where he's just going, Wait, I don't know if they got a plan here. Second half, I might dial up these a few times because I didn't like I, I liked what I saw. I don't I don't necessarily know if they know exactly what they want to do in those situations, and that's what I want to point out. You know, hey, uh, Lamar made some great throws in this game. He missed a few reads in that. I'm not going to say he played perfect. I'm not sitting here going to defend everything he did, but he made a lot of great level great throws. I would say there's two reads he missed that could have come in like whoa, they could have maybe got a 20, 30 yard gain here, definitely. But, again, what I want to say to people, too, sometimes because the thing is, well, is Lamar going to be able to carry them with his, you know, right arm and all that? Uh, yeah, to a degree. But, like, don't expect it to be like an air show and they're going to be like the Chiefs of 2019. That's not what they are. I mean, that's like going, well, the Chiefs, Chiefs aren't throwing the ball good. Why can't they run it like Baltimore then? They're yeah. playing past defense. They should just run it every play and dominate them. No, Baltimore was built to run the ball. Yeah. That's what they're built to do. They're not – their ace in the hole is not we're going to drop back and beat you 50 times a game with the pass. Right. They need some element of the run game to help out their pass offense a little bit. They didn't get that. But here we go. Let's show it. I so mean, situation yeah, here, yep. third quarter, Baltimore down 2017. They've got third and eights, I think, on their own 34. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, here, hey, I, I'd like to see – I don't know what Lamar is exactly looking at, but you're getting an all-out blitz here from the Bengals. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys, right? Seven guys. This guy kind of just went in to get a guy – you know, get a blocker to, to pay attention to him and then get out. But – I, you know, there was no plan. Lamar was a little off on this, whatever. Hey, you see, he could throw it right here. I don't know why he doesn't, all right? And then he's got a guy over here as well. But this is one of the things all game long where, yeah, okay, maybe he could have got the ball out of his hands here quick, and Baltimore does a pretty good job of sorting all this out and, like, kind of protecting mm-hmm. him. But this happens, I'm going to say, five times in the second half where it just seems Lamar and the offense weren't exactly sure – where to go with the football, right? And I don't know if it's whatever. He's not coached enough to go, like, we want to go here with the football or if it's just not enough plan altogether. You know, I don't know. I think what scared him here at the top of the screen, because you can see he's looking at it. I think he's open where he, he's looking at. He is open. I think he just – I don't know if he gets scared with this guy in his yeah. face and this is a corner and a tight end and he's a little scared that he's going to make a break on the ball. I don't know. 
Uh, either way, yeah, he, he doesn't make the great play. I'm not going to sit here and yeah. try to defend Lamar here all the way. No, definitely not. Sometimes, too, I think it's, it's good to throw out and remind people, you and I both did it, he might just not have seen him. He had two linemen in front of him. Well, I like, know. That, we can see it here. He yes. might not have seen anything. No doubt. It's just the way it goes exactly, sometimes. Exactly right. You right? might not be able to see it clearly. You're going, yeah. wait, I saw. The last frame he might see is like just a little of what we're here. Like look at 21 at the top of the screen. He might just be going, man, he looks like he's already yeah, breaking out right. a little bit. And I, I couldn't see it clearly, and I just didn't want to pull the trigger. So now he's on that side, and now it's like, oh, crap, there's a lot of people around me, and he's going to try to look for something else. But the point being, still the same. There just was a lot of this in the second half. Baltimore is going to see this until they start to answer it. Right. Like, I would be shocked, and Baltimore is going to buy this week. But Minnesota the next week, I would think they're going to dial up some of these plays and just go, I don't know, let's see if they have answers for this type of defense. Be smart, too. Yeah. And I think that's a good example of kind of – if I can use a term as strong as failure or what didn't go right for Baltimore, they were only six out of 20 converting third and fourth downs. That was a failed third down. Definitely. So there are probably a number of, of situations yeah. similar to that. Yeah, no uh, doubt there is. There's, after this, and I think this was you know, maybe the second or third of the game, the next series they bring it like three or four times on that series alone. And, yeah. and Baltimore really has no success on any of them. One time he's about to throw to somebody, I think the ball gets batted down or whatever. But for the most part, it was a little like, whoa, this is flustered Baltimore. Yeah. And they don't know exactly what to do. I think there's some big picture worry with, with Kansas City. That's yeah. probably kind of why we addressed the, right. the, those situations, maybe yeah. in a little bit more serious fashion. Do you see big picture concern with Baltimore based off of that one game. I don't see big picture concern. I, I don't. I'm not going to say that. I, you know, again, I just think they're one of those teams in the AFC, like I say, with a lot of the top AFC teams. I got, I got questions about a little. Sure. The defense is not as dominant as years past. You know, like we talked about last week, I think Wink Martindale has figured out against a lot of offenses how to kind of put some Band-Aids on some things. You know, offensive line, yeah, hey, Orlando Brown's not there from last year. Ronnie Stanley's hurt again. Right, they got some issues there, so they're not as dominant that way. I know they're five and two; they're yeah, good. Right? They're probably going to be in the playoffs. I don't doubt that. I just don't know if they're like how good. I don't know yet. Yeah, you know, I don't know, and 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 that's where I got questions about. That's where I say the top five teams in the NFC. I have like no questions about the top mm. five teams in the AFC. I go, I got a legit question yeah. about every one of them. Nice segue there to the NFC. Let's flip over there. Go down to Tampa, your old town. Uh, Bears and the Buccaneers. I got to tell you, Chris, like I was, this game was on all afternoon at our house. Yeah. I was excited to watch it to see what Brady does. Sure. See if Fields is coming along. Right. It got to a point where it was so non-competitive. It's kind of a boring game unless you're really into watching Brady stand back there and basically have just seven on seven. Record. You're trying yeah, to get just, 700 touchdown yeah. passes in this game. I yeah. mean, this is one of those scores that does reflect how lopsided it was. 38-3 yeah. to three yeah. Buccaneers. Uh, Justin Fields, five turnovers. How much of, of, of that fact yeah. and the Bears' struggles are you putting on him and how much uh, on other parts of the offense? Well, listen, he needs to play better. There's no doubt about that. Does he hold the ball a little too long at times? Certainly, yes. You know, yeah, He made a few errant throws. There's no doubt. I mean, you, you know my questions about him still. Yep. He's been good. I've been very positive with him. I like, I like what I see. Mm-hmm. Throwing in the tight windows, I still, like I've always said, I still want to see more. But, like – they were totally fucking outclassed in this game. Like, to your oh, point, it was outclassed. Yeah. Outclassed. They had some, some COVID issues up front right. without specifics or names, but they, they were compromised. No doubt. They were compromised, nor, and they were just compromised on the field. They had no chance with None. the game plan or anything like that. Yeah. And, again, when you give Brady 
The ball on the 32-yard line going into score for the first touchdown. Two plays, 32 yards. Touchdown, 7 nothing. The next drive, six plays, 40 yards. Touchdown. Next drive, five plays, 35 yards. Touchdown. Okay, then they have a 75-yard drive for a touchdown, and then a 10-play, 48-yard drive. They scored four touchdowns where they got the ball in Chicago's territory. Yeah. Now, Justin Fields, yeah, everybody asks me about him every week because I didn't rank him the number one or two quarterback, so I'm a fucking hater. So everybody, wherever I go, I go to my kids' football program, say, Justin Fields, <laughs> you know, he won this week. He's, he's good. He's better than you thought. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, then this week it's, uh, you might be right about Fields. Yeah. We don't know what we are about Fields. Fields has looked good. All I can tell you is he had no fucking chance in this game at all. None. And there are a number of ways to look at it. I think we've got three selected. Let's go first quarter, Chicago down 7 nothing, facing a, what we call a manageable third down, third and five. Yeah, manageable third down, third and five. I mean, hey, the first thing I want to say is the play itself, okay? I mean, it's just. You know, when you look at it right here, like where where do you want him to throw the ball? What don't you like here? Well, I don't like any of it. Yeah. I mean, it's just to me that often this is always goes back to like what I talk about with Chicago. It's just too basic. You know, I, I never really know what they're trying to be accomplished. It's like Rolodex call the play. Like I like this play. Let's call it. Why? I don't know. It just that's where the <laughs> Rolodex landed. Okay. I mean, all right. Yeah, throw it in there. Get fucking killed. Throw it in here. I mean, he's ready to go there. He knows he's passing it off. I mean, I know it looks like he's open right now. That's dicey. And that's Devin White, who has two rockets up his ass as a middle linebacker. <laughs> and then another receiver, and you can see Ross Cockrell's breaking down on him. You know, here, you got pretty tight coverage. Okay, oh, maybe he could fit it into the perfect throw ever and got four yards. Yay. And maybe he could have got four yards jamming it in here while also decapitating his wide receiver. whoop de fucking do Okay? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't like the play. All right, he gives, they give him no schematical advantages. Look, so he's going across the board. I mean, like I said, look how it plays. You know, again, look how it plays out here with these three. They're all going to the next guy. They've passed it off. Who, if he tried to fit it into any of those, it's going to be an interception or decapitation. Right, so now, okay, here's the other theme we need to hit on. You know, Lachavius Simmons, the right tackle who had to start because of the COVID issues that yeah. he mentioned, he's on JPP. They, they leave him on an island all game long. Like, he's just like, this is the top five pick of the draft. We don't ever have to protect this guy ever. They don't do anything for him. The whole game. Like, what? Okay, so he pumps fakes. Now he's got to scramble. Of course he does. Nobody's open. What the hell is he going to do? And then he ends up, he ends up throwing an interception. So, you know, because here comes um, Allen Robinson across the screen, all right? And he's just trying to play football. And there, I mean, there he, he tripped and falls a little bit. Here he is. Yeah, he made a bad throw. I mean, he made a bad throw. He's about to get killed, of course. Of course, Miss, Misses right? the throw, right. All right, he misses the throw. But when you're playing, like, playing running for your life football, Okay, yeah, he missed the throw either way. But, I mean, that's just a disaster of a play from all angles. And that's why, I mean, in my opinion, Chicago has the worst offense in football. Things starting to come apart at this point. Late first quarter, it's now 14 nothing Bucks. Another third and five. Yep, another third and five. Here we go, here we go. I mean, what's the first thing we're going to look at here? I mean, first off, hey, I don't know if you know, but Tampa's offense, I mean, Tampa's defensive line has got like $100 million worth of players, yeah. and they're all fucking killers. Yeah. All right? I mean, this is Shaq Barrett. Like, we're just going to leave Lachavius Simmons. Never, first game ever starting. First game ever. Ever. Yeah. 
Just let him go. Who cares? He'll block him. Oh, okay. That's right. Great. He blocked him on the whiteboard during the week, Coach. He, he, on the whiteboard during the week, they went, look, he's protected. We're You've good. You've got a back in perfect position. And he never even looks. Him. Doesn't even look never at Never even him. looks. Never even looks. And I don't know. Maybe he's a rookie. Maybe he did mess up. Yeah. I don't know. But I never saw all game him do it. So it makes me think that that was never coached up. All right. So here we go. Four-man pressure. And listen, just, just take my word for it, okay? I mean, first off, it's like they might, have, might as well told Todd Bowles, just like, hey, we're going to run this play. Hmm. He knew what they were going to run. You know, you know me. I'm always into, like, when they dropped in the zones, they just always seemed to drop where they wanted to throw the ball. I mean, look, there's three guys over here in a bunch. There's already a defense end dropping. This guy's here. This guy's here. He's looking over here. I mean, they, they got it covered. It's glue. I mean, again, I, oh, yeah, better, better ball security, Justin Fields. Great. I mean, help out your rookie. I, right? I don't know what else to say. Yeah. I don't. And they just do nothing, and I've yet to see a really a quarterback design run package. I mean, why did we draft Justin Fields That's if we're thing, never right? going to do it? I don't understand yeah. it. It's a lot of the, the, the route concepts that leave you being like, gosh, I don't know. That's not much help for the quarterback exactly that right. you had with Trubisky. But now you have a quarterback who, who can give you a little bit more. Maybe right. he can't read it quite as well the early part of his career yeah, right. yet. right. But at least he can move around. I know. And they're not even taking advantage no, of that. No, and I, I'm not saying you got to sit here and kill the quarterback and run him 25 times. I'm saying if you give four run plays at the defense, it's going to change them. It's going to change the pass rush. It's going to go – the Todd Bowles is going to go, wait, I want to do this defense. But yeah. they pulled a guard and Justin Fields got behind it and ran for 20 yards the last time I called that defense. I don't know if I can do it again. Right. They, Chicago gives defenses nothing to think about. You say four. I, I would say nine or ten. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I hear it, you. I hear you. a few more. I, I, I'm with you. But four or five would be a nice start. So, so let's just start there. That's what right? I'm just saying. Let's start at the beginner stage. Pete, Pete has pulled one more. Do you, do you, do you want to see one yeah, more? Yeah, let's go through it. I mean, it's okay. the same theme. 21 nothing now instead of seven or 14. It's now 21 nothing. early second, yeah. second down seven. Uh, I know. And they haven't seen the right ta- – the right tackle has been dominating to this point. So yeah. don't adjust now. Don't do that now. We only okay. had three series to see I it. mean, holy crapola Batman. So here they are dropping a guy out. It's a four-man rush. Hey, we've talked about this every week. This is the new thing in NFL. Just, we're still rushing four, all right? But, you know, we're going we're gonna to make got, it look like a blitz, and you just don't know where they're going to come from. They Vita Vea sprinting back into what? coverage. I mean, he knows. He's like, oh, they, they told me the route they're going to run. I'm just going to get to there, to the right. Now, first, I mean, again, you see the right tackle at the top of the screen. I mean, he's got no chance. One-on-one. One-on-one. Yep. JPP, again, here we go. Like, sayonara. You're gone. Okay, I mean, JPP's missing fingers, and he's got a hurt hand, and he's still going around them, Yeah. all right? You know, again, this is the other thing, too. They give defensive secondaries and coordinators nothing to think about or ever scare them. You know, again, here we're gonna, they're going to ask you, and there's a guy, I believe, out here. It doesn't matter. Look at all. There's two buck players here, a buck player here, a buck player here. I believe there's one out here. It's just like, oh, I mean, what's the reward? You've got one, two, three, four guys breaking off at about seven yards beyond right. the scrimmage. The most aggressive defense in football gets to play aggressive and come downhill. Yeah. Like, don't ever scare them. Just let them come down and just act like they're playing the Franklin Lakes Wee football team <laughs> all the time and never have fear. They never did anything to back them off all game long. And here it is again. Hey, you know, Justin, can you jam it in here for a four-yard gain? Like, whoop-de-doo, coach, thanks. And, like, if I'm off target by three inches, the ball gets tipped in the air and we get an interception. Yeah. I mean, it's just, 
I just I, I, I don't know what else to say. I so, hate their offense. I hate it. So kind of uh, putting a bow on this and yeah. uh, fast no forwarding. no bow on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Put, putting a period yeah, on the end of it. Right. And, uh, but before we move on to the next game, yeah. a lot of season left. Yeah. Justin Fields is going to be their guy. Yeah. You've thrown out, okay, maybe run him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. More aggressive schemes in the passing game. Yeah. You think about the word fix in improving. What else comes to mind for this offense? I, you know, again, I, I'll stay to what I've always said, and we've seen it in some other games. And even in this game, they had a little success running the ball, like in the first half, not when the game was over, to where I want to go like, well, we just came into the game just going, well, I mean, Tampa's run defense is good, and we're just not even going to give it a chance. Like, you know, I understand maybe the Cowboys doing that. They just go, well, we got awesome receivers. we got Dak Prescott. Of course, we're going to throw it. Screw it. We don't even want to mess with it. They don't have that luxury. Right. You have to do that a little bit to me to play that game, and I'll go back. I mean, to me, it should be Cleveland Browns, run the ball, eye formations, boots, few Lamar Jackson quarterback design runs, you know, few play-action passes, take the shot down the field. Simple, but makes the defense defend the whole field. You play to your strengths. You help your rookie quarterback out. They got two receivers you could beat one-on-one. Their offensive line is good at run blocking, not so good at pass blocking. I mean, literally, sometimes I go into the games with Chicago and go, are they trying to win or are they trying to, like, look as bad as possible? I don't don't understand that game plan at all. Sorry. Okay, Justin Fields and those Bears take on the 49ers this weekend. Niners coming off a 30-18 loss to Indianapolis. I always love it when we can find something that we can just kind of connect to, to the show and to Chris, and this certainly counts. Uh, let's go to The Athletic. Uh, a mailbag on Shanahan and Sims. Is Shanahan trying to get Lynch fired so Chris Sims can be GM? <laughs> ben D would like to know. And then he adds this, but then Shanahan would have to hear incessantly how good Mac Jones is and how he should have picked Jones could he stand that? I think that is a fair point fair to bring question. up. He'd definitely have to hear it a little bit, no doubt about it. But, I mean, that's a cr- great, funny question, no <laughs> doubt about that. Uh, but, no, I'm not going to be the GM of the 49ers. Hey, Shanahan is the GM of the 49ers. He's the GM. He's got the last call on all of these. I'm not trying to disrespect John Lynch. Of course, he has the title and is doing a lot of heavy lifting and, and of course, you know, supplying Shanahan with a lot of information and giving him his opinions and all that. But at the end of the day, Kyle is calling the shots on players through free agency, the draft. It's his call. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, during the season, I don't talk to Kyle much. I know right. people think, like, we're nothing. I haven't talked to Kyle since, I, I don't like I said, I think early summer. It's the last time I've had a discussion with him, other than a few texts here and there. He's got a lot of other things taking up his time. Definitely. Like figuring out course, the quarterback situation. No, no doubt about it. He has it. said that it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy struggled against Indianapolis with yep. the turnovers. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's the right call, looking at the rest of the way, to say, Jimmy Garoppolo's my guy, we're going to wait on Trey Lance? I, I do. I think it is the right call. Like I said, again, I, I think Trey Lance, hey, we know he's shown some high-end talent, yes, but it's just it's raw. It's It was all over the place in the game we saw with throws, decisions, you know, leaving the pocket, endangering himself a little bit like yeah. we talked about. So that's where you got to be careful. They've invested in a lot in him. So they, they can't just go, oh, well, we invested a lot, and, man, the pressure's on us from the fans, and we just got to throw you out there. No. You know, that's when you he does get hurt, and now he misses next year, and now you, it's even worse. So it just no, they need to be careful. And, again, without Raheem Mostert and their tailbacks being totally 100% what they are, I think they need an element of the pass game. Hey, the Shanahan's offense is still really good, all right? I know it's not top five in football. Yeah, they've had some injuries. The Mostert thing's huge. It is. I don't, you know, people don't really realize it. 
you know, I, I could show you a bunch of runs that would be 10 and 15 yards where I go, if that's Raheem Mostart, that's a 60-yard gain. I'm just sorry. He's right. one of the fastest running backs in football. And, hey, you know, let's go through it. Lions game, they were awesome on offense. Eagles game, okay, they weren't so great. Eagles have stymied. We've seen them stymie a few defenses. I know it didn't happen last week against the mm. Las Vegas Raiders. Mm. And Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play well in that game, period. Green Bay, I mean, got off to a slow start. But the second half, I mean, the Green Bay couldn't stop them. They went up and down the field on them. Seattle looked good early, looked really good early, went down the field, scored a touchdown. Then Jimmy threw a dumb interception, went down the field and missed a field goal, an easy field goal. And then Jimmy was hurt, and that changes everything. So Seattle came back and won. Don't blame it on Shanahan and the offense there. You can blame it on Shanahan and D'Amico Ryans in the defense, sure. Arizona, now you're starting a rookie quarterback against the best team in football, Arizona Cardinals. All right, and then last week it was a monsoon. Yeah, I'm not panicked about like people are trying to crap on Kyle and his offense right now. Now Kyle's offense is still really, really good. There's no doubt about it. He's yeah. There's some things that haven't worked out, you know, and and of course they've had to deal with a few issues that way. But uh, I still think he's really good as a course. I think he's still one of the best game planners in football. One thing I would say, just hey, I just think I want to see more misdirection and crazy stuff that we saw in the first drive of the game, you know, the first drive of the fourth quarter where they went down with the bootlegs and just made it happen. To me, that that just you you can be endless or shouldn't be it should be endless as far as those type of plays right now because they need that little advantage right now because right now there's no George Kittle too let's not forget about that last I heard he's kind of good right kind of so that's where I think people are missing or dropping the ball a little bit and it's just gotten a little too critical on Shanahan in my opinion and I think also some people want to turn the page to Trey Lance because of all the potential yeah but if, if you pull out there and look at the NFC right now there are more playoff spots available than there are teams with winning record in yeah. the NFC right, right. now. Right. Okay, so even though they're not where they want to be. They're not out of this. They've seen Jimmy Garoppolo play uh-huh. pretty well a lot of time. Uh-huh. They know that that last playoff spot or the second to last one is within their reach. Yes. So, I mean, the veteran quarterback is the better play right now. I agree. One person's opinion, but, I mean, to me, that's that seems fairly clear. I, I think it's fairly clear. And the teams in front of them, Minnesota, Atlanta, Chicago, and Carolina, I think San Francisco's more talented than all of them. Yeah. Okay? And they got the Bears coming up this weekend. I'm going to pick them to win. We saw them lose only by seven points against Arizona with a rookie quarterback making his first start. So, okay. I mean, I'm not going to say they can't beat Arizona at home two weeks from now. The Rams the week after that, hey, there's a lot of common knowledge there. Yeah, they're not as good as the Rams, but who knows? Then they got Jacksonville, Minnesota, and Seattle. Those are teams that they are better than that. I feel very confident in saying that. We'll see if they win. It's the NFL. It's close. We know. But they're not out of this. Even if Russell Wilson's back, you think they're better? I, I think as a full team, they are. Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, of course, we know the, the scary factor he brings to the table right. with being a magic man himself. I think you mentioned Carolina there a little bit. It's the last team I want to hit here. Yeah. Uh, third team that only scored three points this weekend that were hitting. We had the Chiefs where I talked about, the Bears we discussed. Yep. And now Carolina got beat by the Giants 25-3. to I don't know if you can find a quarterback in a team where, like, the first three games, like, hey. Right. They're pretty good. Yeah, right. A lot better than they were last year. Uh-huh. And then since then, it's just been like, wow, Ooh. what happened? So what is the deal with the turnaround, why the drastic change in the Panthers here recently? Well, I think you can, you know, specifically blame it on the offense, period. I don't think there's any other way to really say that. I mean, again, here, there's four games in a row. The Cowboy game, hey, it's tough. You know you're playing Dallas. They got weapons. Their defense didn't play as good as they would like, sure. Um, 
the offense didn't take advantage of what we already talked about, like a bottom 10 defense in right. Dallas, and he had some turnovers in the second half that hurt them, let alone some calls in the first half. Next week against Philadelphia, defense was dominant, absolutely dominant in the game. Philly couldn't do anything. But the offense stunk. I mean, they were, they were dominated by Philadelphia's defense on an equal way. Minnesota the next week, same type of thing. I know it says 34-28. It wasn't 34-28. It was a miracle they got 28 points. And Minnesota's defense dominated them for the most, point there, most part there. And then, of course, last week was a total debacle. Yes. Two things. Like, one, I said this the last few weeks, the first three games weren't as good as everybody thinks as far as just the way they played and Sam Darnold played. It wasn't like, oh, wow, I wasn't coming out here going, oh, my God. It was good. It was going, whoa, it's going in the right direction. It's got a chance to be good. But Darnold has not played well. And Joe Brady, people have caught on to the offense. Mm. Now, I don't know if it's – hey, I know there's no Christian McCaffrey. That's a big element, no doubt. And I also know, just like as we've talked about a little already today, when your quarterback's messing up like basic stuff – you, you tend to start to go more conservative because you're like, wait, if he doesn't know the first play we put in the offense and he's messing that up, yeah. then how am I going to add more offense and feel comfortable about that? Right. You know, you got to put yourself in the offensive coordinator's shoes. So Joe Brady, yeah, I'd like to see more, but I can understand him maybe not wanting to put in more too because he's like, I don't trust Sam Darnold right now. I want to get to the Joe Brady right. and his scheme and what's not happening yeah. there. Let's see a, a couple of plays here that we're, we're checking in with Sam Darnold right. this past weekend and sure. see what's not happening. Yeah, there's a few. Again, I mean, there's more than a few. I mean, again, we just we cherry-picked it. I mean, hey, we could have shown you the interception, but you've seen the highlights in the interception. Had a post route, probably should have been a touchdown, decides to throw the ball into a mosh put of giant defenders for some reason. It becomes an interception. All right. Basic play here. Like, doesn't get any more basic. It's, this is day one installation in the NFL. It's slant. It's flat. It's double slant up top, okay? Against the pretty standard 4-3, some kind of two-deep look. Some sort of two-deep look. The rules for this play are very simple. There's rules. If it's a two-deep look, you play the double slant up top, okay? Because you basically end up getting 2-1-1 on this guy, okay? So that's, that's the rule of this play. If it's cover three, there's going to be an extra guy down in here, and now it's going to be hard because they're going to pass it off like we saw Justin Fields with Tampa Bay earlier. It's hard. Now that's when you want to play the slant flat because you'll, have, you'll be able to kind of – I'll show you in a second. You'll be able to spread out the guy that's down here and put them in a bind that way to where you can find a window for the slant and you make the one guy wrong, all right? I mean, this is as easy as it gets, all right? Here we go. It's too deep. They don't change, right? They don't change. All right, here we go. Look at the linebacker. He's working over here. Look at, I mean, you got two receivers right here. Boom. It's, it's, it's open. I don't know what else to say. It, it's open. That's where the ball goes. Both of them are open. All right? Look at, look at how this goes. Slow motion. Okay. He's open. And if he collapses any harder, then he's open. It's easy. Right? I mean, it's, it's easy. He, but he's, he's not even looking that way. He doesn't even look that way. Yeah. That's, that's the first thing. That's concerning. Never looks. So it's like, is he really seeing the field the right way? All right? Now, I mean, again, could he have fit this slant in here? Um, yeah, he probably could have. There's a little, but it's, it's going to be a perfect throw. The linebacker's really working over, right? And this guy is supposed to even be more aggressive to the flat, let alone you got um, uh, uh, the guy from USC playing corner from Tennessee breaking on the ball. Or Jory Jackson, sorry. I couldn't come up with the name. Hmm. 
But as you could see, I mean, it's just not the preferred play here. No. It, it's not. I mean, you anybody with a blind eye can see, well, man, if you hit him running here, whoa, watch out. That could be dangerous, right? Or the guy behind him. Or the guy behind him, right. Yeah. If it just collapsed too hard and this guy made a play. But either way, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I would just throw the ball to that guy right there and go, wait, at the very worst, even though I throw a ball and he falls down, we're going to get six or seven yards. He doesn't do that. And, of course, that's what happens right there. I mean, the, the corner on this side, because of where these linebackers are, everything, he, I mean, he knows he doesn't have to follow him inside. So he's just waiting to see. Um, he's waiting to see the corner just to, like, let me just see him make a commitment with his eyes and his body, and I'm going to come down and, and make the play. Either way, and boom, nothing, yep. right? Okay, so there's that play. Worked the wrong side. Left yards on the field, concerning for a coordinator because he's going, what? that's the most basic play in our playbook. Right. All right? Okay. A little yeah. more difficult situation. Now, third and nine on the Carolina three, early second quarter. I think it might be the same play that they run? Same exact play. Okay. Same exact play. All right? So, we got quick slants all around and one flat from the tight end. Underneath. Here we go. Flat, just like we saw. Slant. Double slant up here. Difference is... This time, it's cover three, all right? And let me see if I can get a clearer picture of, so you see, here's a safety here, all right? It's going to drop out, all right? It's, it's single safety, all right? So now this is one where you don't want to throw double slant, right? I mean, you don't want to throw double, yeah, you don't want to throw double slant here. Look, they got a guy here as soon as he gets there. there. He's there if he goes that way, right? And then, of course, there's a guy outside. It's three on two. This one's easy. Now it's just this guy. It's slant flat. You make him make a decision. Oh, he sits here and does this and takes away the slant? The flat's going to be wide open. Oh, he drives hard on the flat? Whoa, the slant Robbie Anderson's going to be wide open. Okay? Jabril Peppers, he kind of sees the slant and he stops. I mean, again, I know it's third and nine, but you get him the ball on rhythm on time. He's got a chance. He's going to be able to turn up and maybe get the first down. Yeah. Either, either way, you give your team a little room to punt the ball if you right. don't get the first down. Right. All right? And this, to me, of course, scares the crap out of an offensive coordinator and just shows you that Sam Darnold is not thinking clearly, seeing the field clearly. And really, I wish we would have shown one other play, too, because he has another play earlier in the game to DJ Moore where he's running, they got a three receivers to the left, and he's running a slant route from the inside of the third. The inside guy, it was more like this. I'm just going to draw it here. It was, it was three receivers. This guy ran a shallow cross. He ran kind of out and that way, and this guy just ran a go, and it's, he's got a first down to DJ Moore and maybe a touchdown. And it was a little bit like Mahomes earlier to Tyree Kill. It's like he just looked there real quick, but he'd already made his mind up. He was going to go somewhere else. And it was like, well, you don't like touchdowns? You don't like first downs? I don't know. <laughs> but that was the play. That was the read. Uh, we should have shown that play, too. I'm an idiot, Pete, for not no. uh, putting that on there or saying that. I am an idiot, <laughs> Pete, Pete said, says. yes, you are. Yes. Pete, that was the wrong response. He said, no, no, you're not. <laughs> Damn. Okay, yes. so, so that's Sam, some of his struggles. Right. You mentioned Joe Brady's scheme that mm-hmm. in this last month, teams are catching up to him a little bit. Yeah. What do you have here? Yeah, well, I mean, this is, again, th- this is the one thing where – a little predictable. I see repeat concepts. They've already run this play earlier in the game, and the Giants were all over it then too, okay? And here, to me, it's a little bit of like a wasted play because you want this play versus man-to-man coverage. And let me see if I can get all these right here. I mean, it's going to be, okay, Robbie Anderson, turn, okay? 
You're going to have crossers to try to pick, and you got the tailback running a wheel route, okay? It's, it's, that is a, it's a play for man-to-man, all right? That, that's what it's for. And you can see that then the tight end's going right up the seam, all right? I'm sorry. So I messed that up. Let me just get that right. There to there to where am I at here? To Robbie Anderson here to this guy across to that right there, okay? There's the play. The point being is, and just this, this kind of just proves the example of, like, and this right here, you're going to go, if I pause it right here, you're going to go, well, people are open. No, they're not. There's people right here. There's people right here. They're so all over this play, it's scary. And I'll try to pause it one more time just to, like, right here. Again, they're passing off these zone coverages. So, I mean, if he threw it here, this guy's going to get crushed. This guy's going to get crushed. You know, he, he is maybe a little late down the middle, but he was a little late down the middle because he was waiting for guys to clear so he could do it. And guys break on the ball and knock it down, let alone there's two guys out here for that wheel route we talked about. Okay? And now I just want to show the other angle that I think does it a little more justice just to show how all over the play they are. Okay? And here we go. I mean, first off, look. There's five guys <laughs> in the screen here all looking at these guys right here. They're yeah. all ready to pass it off. All right? And then you got this guy and this guy ready for the wheel route. But my point being is I've been seeing this a little bit the last few weeks where teams are like they're all over the play in general and ready for the concepts. And, again, none of this is open really. Yeah, okay, maybe he was open. Uh, And maybe it's a hair late. You'd like the receiver to catch the ball. But I'm just telling you when he was first ready to throw the ball and when he maybe is open, look, there's two guys here. He can't throw it yet. So he's got to wait. He's got to wait. Now he's starting to throw it. And – here comes the ball, and, of course, now they see it, and boom, boom, play. And that just that's my point. Yeah. Again, I know this one's not like, you know, an exact science to break down. You're just going to have to take my word for it. Well, that I've was, seen that. That was an ugly scheme. That was an ugly scheme against yeah. that. You know, it's like a waste of a play. Correct. It's a waste of a play. So it's like one where a great offense would go, wait, let's check out of that play. This isn't for that. Right. Or, um, or you just need to, you know – have checks to get out of those plays, whatever. But either way, there's a little bit of a predictability with some of the play calls, and then Sam Darnold's not playing good. And, again, you know, the offensive coordinator could, could get scared too when he's going, wait, my quarterback's not seeing the field at all. I don't trust it. It's hard to put in new plays and be totally creative that right. way. Carolina in Atlanta this weekend. Do you think Darnold and the Panthers get well? I, I really thought they would get well the last two weeks. I don't know what to – no. The, to me right now, the thing I'm going to tell you is I don't have faith in that side of the ball for them, and I think it's going to be have to be their defense to maybe jumpstart things, make a play, yeah. do something. Their defense played plenty good the other day. Right. I mean, it was 10-3. It's, it's, it's really the offense, and whether you think it's it's Brady or, or Darnold Moore, what stands out to me is Darnold looks so decisive yes, the first three games. Early on, I know. You could say, oh, the competition wasn't that good, and, and it wasn't, but still, like, he knew where to go with it. Right. Throwing with confidence, he, he, he looked like he really – jumped up a notch or two. And I know. now it's just as much as that was an improvement, yeah. it's been recently step as back. big of a step back. I know. It's it is disappointing. It's like that. But but it's you know, again, defense played good enough in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Defense played okay against Minnesota. They let up some plays. There's no doubt about it. That was one of their poor performances. I mean they played good enough in this game. This game was five to three with one minute left in the third quarter. So the defense, how many stops can they make? runners in scoring position. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's like the World Series game last night. Yeah. I mean, exactly right. So uh, they got to get it fixed, but I, I, don't, I can't say that I have a lot of faith in it right now. It's simple. 
as far as the schemes, and there's no Christian McCaffrey, and some Don- Sam Darnold's not playing well. I mean, so, yeah, it's going to be a I, – I don't know what to say, I, but I don't have faith in the offense to turn it around quite yet. Atlanta's defense not great. I know that. Uh, maybe that's what can kind of get them going and, and get them going in the right direction. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. All right, now it's time for our chief medical expert and longtime friend Happy who's known me since back. I was a little kid. That's right. All right, my man, Mike Ryan, who's got, I don't know, is he like playing like Nerf ball war behind him? What the hell does he <laughs> hanging up on the wall? But what's up, Mike? How you doing, those man? Are my, those are my rollers. Oh, those are your rollers. rollers. Okay. He's the foam rolling you. man. He's got the yeah. rollers and the Theragun there. Yeah. So I get it all. You do got it all. And now we don't have the skeleton behind you anymore. I'm I'm disappointed. I think it's down below. It's hiding. There he, oh, yes, there it I knew is. It. Boom. It. He's, he's got them all down there. <laughs> Never leave home without it. Yep, <laughs> just like American Express, Mike Ryan doesn't leave without a doesn't leave home without a skeleton. A color coded one. <laughs> at that. Exactly. Definitely. Um, all right, Mike. So, you know we got some big injuries acor- uh, across the NFL, of course. Um, let's let's hit on let's hit on Baker Mayfield. Right, the shoulder injury. Uh, kind of, you just tell us about it, lay it all out there, your concerns, everything, and and we'll we'll ask some questions probably afterwards. Okay. Well, Baker, he dislocated his shoulder in week two, making that tackle after a pick, and Torres Labrum was put into what they call a uh, a simply stable. It's a harness that basically restricts the range of motion of his shoulder and kind of keeps it in a, in a safer position. Um, two weeks ago, he had an injury again. JJ Watt tackled him. And you saw how awkward he landed on right. his shoulder again. The left non-throwing shoulder. Again, dislocated it. There's some concerns there, and there's some reports that there's a fracture also coming off the humerus, which isn't unusual when you start to get a chronic instability of a shoulder. So that's a real concern there. And, and he said something a few days ago that was real concerning. He said in that last game, when he came back into that game, which was a little surprising with that shoulder, he said he felt it slip out even in a non-contact play. Ooh. So what that tells me is that shoulder, again, non-throwing shoulder, so it's easy to kind of brush it off as not a concern, but from a medical perspective, it's a big concern. So when that shoulder gets unstable, torn labrum, multiple dislocations, it starts coming out a lot easier. That, that's a pretty good sign that you have a very gross instability of that shoulder. And yeah, you can cinch it down with that restrictive harness, but that's a real concern from the safety perspective and also from a performance. We saw that a couple of years ago with um, uh, Mitchell Trubisky. All right. He had an issue with his non-throwing shoulder and you guys know it's two uh, former NFL quarterbacks. That lead shoulder is really important as far as getting that shoulder rotation and, and affecting the other side. So he, he said yesterday that he thinks he can play in this weekend's game. I, I think there's just a lot of variables here from an athletic trainer and physical therapist. There's some real concern because of the instability, because of the potential reports of a, a fracture involved with that dislocation. I, I think there's a lot of variables here. And I think sometimes when you get a player that, Players like to play, and they want to get on the field. They want to compete. That's their nature, as you guys know. And I think sometimes this is going to be a real challenge for the Browns medical staff to say, hey, how do we protect him and keep that shoulder stable and, and start that healing process so we don't start down the road? Because eventually when these shoulders start having that excess motion, 
we had that here in Jacksonville with uh, Blaine Gabbert. And I worked with him having shoulder label surgery on the non-throwing shoulder. Right. And I know how challenging that is to both play with that injury and to recover from that surgery. So there's a, there's a lot of variables here um, that they're going to have to get a good handle on it and really kind of protect the player because you don't want this getting worse. And um, there may be a variable here that he has to get this stronger, somehow get more stability because that labrum will not heal. The right. labrum of his torn, it's torn. Right. So right. Um, there's, there's a lot to think about with this injury for Baker Mayfield. And we're not even through the October games, Mike. I mean, we're not even halfway through exactly. the season. A lot of football left to be played. And you're right, players want to play. Baker's a tough guy. But that aside, yeah. do, do you see a scenario here where he makes it through the season without having surgery first? Yeah, it, it's doable. But when you get something like this that's chronic, especially something that has instability, you're putting extra wear and tear on that joint. So it's one of those things, could you and should you? It's a small spelling change between the two, but that's an important question that you have to answer now. If not, you pay the price down the road. So it's doable, but at what cost, Paul, I think is a question that both um, Baker, his agent, and uh, everybody associated with him have to answer that question. Mike, explain the humorous, like what, what that, that is exactly, that, you know, the, the fracture there, just so everybody okay. out there can, can understand that. Well, again, there's reports of it. Dr. Glazer yeah, right. uh, re- reported as a, right. a, a fracture off the humerus, so I think we have to wait to see something official from the team. But this being the shoulder, this is the right shoulder. Obviously, yeah. his injury was the left shoulder. Collarbone in the front, shoulder blade in the back, and the humerus is the upper arm bone. Gotcha. So obviously, where the upper arm bone attaches to the shoulder blade makes up the shoulder joint. So it's not unusual to get a fracture on the top side where part of that rotator cuff anchors into that humerus bone. And and again, I like to read what the players are saying and, and kind of decipher that knowing having those conversations for 26 years with NFL players. And he said something well, because of that fracture, his rotator cuff doesn't fire. Hmm. He said that a couple of days after the game. And, and what that tells me is where that fracture reported the fracture is located, where you put a lot of pressure on it with that rotator cuff. You know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know when you're pulling on a piece of bone that has instability and has some extra motion. It causes pain, and the body's going to want to shut that down to protect itself. So rotator cuff not firing the way it should, which isn't unusual because of a fracture. This is this is a shoulder that's uh, very much out of sync. Yeah. It sounds like it would be surprising if he made it through the rest well, of the season. Well, yeah, that's what I, I want mean, to go, Mike. Gosh. Like, what's, what's your, what's that's your gut? Three like, different what, injuries. You know, again, I know I'm not trying to, you know, get, you know, put you on the spot here, but just your, sure. your, your experience here with this type of stuff. Well, I can tell you this. On average in the NFL, we would get, at least with the Jaguars and my time before that with the Giants, is on average we get between two and four players with labeled tears throughout the year. Right. And on average, one, maybe two of them would need surgery. Mm. So it's not a slam dunk to say you have a labeled tear, you got to get a repair. Like an ACL or torn Achilles, those are no-brainers. Yeah. When you get a torn labrum, if you limit the range of motion in the shoulder, protect the shoulder, have great strength of the rotator cuff, your mechanics are right, limitations in the weight room, Obviously, he doesn't have contact during the week as a quarterback. So it is doable. This isn't something that's far-fetched. Right. I think what the way I look at this is I really want to know a lot more about that location of the fracture and the instability of that fracture. I think that's really the driving force here. Where it's, if it's unstable and it yeah. needs more time to heal, continue to play with it, guys, that fracture is not going to heal faster. Yeah. It's going to slow things down. So you're dragging things out and maybe a period of time you throw them on IR, you shut it down for a period, let things quiet down. Let that, as we like to say in the business, let that fracture get sticky and then reevaluate. Does his rotator cuff strength come back? 
to 90% or does it hover in that 50, 60%? Right. I think those are the variables you can look at. Look at this, shut this down where the risk is, you got to look at these things and say, what's the risk and what's the reward? And I think balancing those two, especially with a star quarterback, you get a big contract coming up. Um, he's got a long career ahead of him. So that's, these are some of the things you have to answer now and get, not get caught up in the competitive, competitive nature of the player that says, I want to get my tail out there and compete and take care of my players and do what I can do to help this team win. Yep. All right. So sometimes you got to jump in that hand grenade and take care of the player. Yeah, right. I hear you that way. I hear you that way. All right, I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how that plays out. Right? I mean, definitely. Yeah, it's a lot going on one. There. I mean, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right, so let's go on to the, the next big one. I mean, Sunday Night Football, we got Cowboys-Vikings on NBC. Um, Dak Prescott, you know, the calf injury, reported yesterday yes. that he's out of the boot, walking boot. You know, what, what's your concern level there? Um, the concern there is is it hasn't been tested, which yeah. is a good thing because it happened literally the last play of the game, week six. Last week he had a, a bye week, so he was able to just kind of chill, let it rest. That's obviously a great sign. But this is something where during this week they're going to have to kind of push it a little bit, see how it feels, more so probably later in the week, and, and I think get a feel for how that calf is, is kind of managing what he's doing. Right. All right. I mean, I know. I, 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 I'm, I'm another one. I just like – Great, he's right. he's out of the boot, but right. Jerry is Jones gonna, is very optimistic. Yeah, right. Is he going to be able Extremely. to push off or scramble out of the pocket if he really has to? Just just my experience being around it. That that's the scary thing that you're referring to, pretty much. Right. Exactly. And as you notice, Jerry's always enthusiastic. He's always <laughs> optimistic about his guys. And one thing that they did after this injury is they did an MRI because the calf muscle, as you know, Chris, we talked last year when you strained your calf. Yeah, and, and right. Calf, calves are very fickle. We Ooh. had a handful of. Uh, People in the NFL and Jimmy Garoppolo included that, you know, have come back from calf strains and it's, it's not an easy task. They did an MRI on his calf and the two muscles, the gastroc is the big one on the outside that you see that goes up over the knee joint. And then there's a more shallow one closer to the bone called the soleus. So they co- both kind of work together and they combine together to form the Achilles. In his case with the MRI, it showed a tear in the gastroc, which is the bigger of the two muscles. So right. as he pushes off in that power move, it's his right leg. Right calf as a right-handed quarterback, as you guys know, there's a lot of power and drive yeah. coming out of that lower leg. Right. Uh, he did have the dislocation fracture on this side, same yeah, right same ankle side. last year. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that as a factor. I think right. that's a resolved injury. It's done well. I, I, I don't think that that's a contributing factor uh, to this calf strain, both creating the injury and going forward. Yep. Okay. There, there will be a test after the pod on how the lower extremities come together. Yeah. Chris, well, good luck. I'll fail it. No, I need to rewatch uh, Mike talk again. And then I, then I could get it right for sure. What yeah. happening with the calf. Hey, uh, We've talked quite a bit about Patrick Mahomes and some of the struggles he's had on the field here recently, Mike, I'd like to get your, your thoughts on, on just kind of what we saw late in the game. Uh, you know, he went down, checked for a concussion, needed help getting off the field. Um, he was not put in concussion protocol. I think a lot of fans look at that scene and thought, huh, that's, that's strange. What did you think? Yeah. Well, when you look at it, uh, there's two ways that I look at the fact that uh, the bad part of this is uh, Jeffrey Simmons hit him right in the face with his knee and his thigh. And if there's one area in the helmet that you don't want to get hit on because it has less protection is a face mask. There's no shock absorption to it compared to other parts of the helmet. And when you feel these helmets, they have a lot of flexibility and, and absorption, so to speak, to dissipate that pressure away from the, the head. When you get hit in the face mask, it's a, it's a metal frame with a little rubber over it, so all that force goes into the head. Right. So that was a bad place to take a shot, and it doesn't happen too often. But this is really going to surprise you is the good news, if you're going to get your head driven in an extreme direction, 
the safest way is getting put into extension. Yeah. Okay. So as ugly, as ugly as that looked, right. Your, when your head gets driven to a lot of extension, the pressure goes forward in the spine and there's not a lot of real important stuff up there compared to the spine and the nerves in the backside. Gotcha. So it looked ugly from a, a, a TV perspective, but that's a better direction for him to take, uh, to take that shot. Uh, the good news, he's only had uh, one hit, a history of only one of the concussions. I think it was 2016 in college. So there's not a, there's not a big concussion history there. Uh, they brought him to the sideline, put him through the concussion protocol, and, and he passed. It was cleared. It was late in the game, so he didn't have a reason to go back because of the, the score didn't help as well. Uh, and one of the good indications of that guy is, is the fact that he wasn't in concussion protocol. And Rick Burkholder, the head of the trainer there, is really thorough and does a really good job when it comes to those. So that, that's obviously a, a good plus on his side. But another thing that really gave you good kind of peace of mind on that whole concussion issue and that he didn't develop symptoms after the game when he got in the locker room yeah. is they allowed him to talk to the press. No doubt about yeah. it. Didn't show any Because effects. in the NFL, they, they, yeah. they won't let players who are concussed talk right. to the media. So it kind of takes these guys with any kind of concussion symptom, and it really puts them in a bubble in a hurry. So the fact he could speak after the game, talk to the media, he said he had recognition of the place. There wasn't a loss of consciousness or yeah. memory. Okay. So I think all, all those are very encouraging. All right, good. I do want to point out that he, I do think he got a concussion last year in the divisional playoff game against the Cleveland Browns, right? I do want to. I, I think you're right. All right. right. All right, good. It's the only time right. in my life I'm going to be correcting Mike Ryan on anything medical, but I got him there. I got I like him there. It. Boom. One for me. <laughs> Wait, but here's a, 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 one more thing I just yeah. wanted to ask about this. Yeah. Like, it almost was like, I, I wondered, and then just your thought on this, like, you know, you see boxers sometimes get hit right on the chin, right? Yeah. And it's not necessarily yeah. that their like head was like, whoa, bash. It's just that the cutting off of the circulation to the brain real quick. Like, I, is that a possibility to make you a little wobbly with the head in that position? It's just something that crossed my mind. It could, because remember with the, 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 the new four-point chin straps? Yeah. The ones that anchor in the bottom, they come on the bottom of the chin, and the ones under the chin go to the top of the helmet. So when you get that helmet driven straight back yeah. from the face mask, right. that jaw is driven back into the skull. So that's yeah. a whole nother level of trauma to the mm. skull coming from below. Gotcha. So that can create a little bit of that wooziness. Like you, like you referenced, Chris, in boxing, you see some guys take a shot, and you ever see when they get the rotation? Yes, and right. Rotatory, and you see they kind of have this puzzled look on their face as their knees buckle. And they're right. like, what's really going on downstairs? Right. Because that, that rotatory component of the actually the brain stem, where the lower brain attaches to the spinal cord, when that happens, coordination goes out very quickly. Gotcha, gotcha. So that can create a little bit of that wooziness there. And obviously that marriage going through a full concussion uh, protocol and, and evaluation to see if that is a, a, a balance got the wind knocked out of me kind of thing or if it truly is a concussed element uh, involving the brain right okay wonderful example mike of how like we as fans maybe educated fans we don't know what we don't know all i know is that didn't look very good and that explanation yeah. helped clear it up a lot yeah so very well done Thank no doubt you. Yeah. no doubt i think we have one more yeah let's go hit it russell wilson's yeah. got the uh, fractured dislocation on his finger i believe it's the it's the middle finger there on his right. throwing hand so I don't want you to guess on when he might be back, knowing him will probably be back sometime soon. What would you be doing to help him get out there, to help a quarterback get out there who's got that part of a finger that's very important, who needs to throw the ball? How do you help him get back out there? Well, you got to work things around the finger. Working on the rotator cuff is flexibility. And we all know the, um, the kind of work ethics that Russell has. And it's really unusual to look at a Seattle roster and to see him on the injury reserve. It's it's something he hasn't done. He had a really bad knee injury, had a bad ankle, high ankle sprain, and didn't miss a game. So he, he's, he's a work, working machine with what's there. So the issue he had with the fracture, the dislocation of fracture, that middle finger 
the middle joint, if you will. Yeah. They put three screws in it. So that's a good thing because it, it holds it with some fractures there. The screws really hold things together and allow it to be much more aggressive on the range. And that first week, uh, Russell was talking to Michelle Tafoya for Sunday Night Football, and he was saying they wanted him to get about 10 degrees of flexion that first week. He got 75. Right. That, that's Russell. The real trick here, guys, with what happens and when he gets back in the, in the field is what happened in the distal joint. Yeah, that's the right weird one. Yeah. Right. What they did with that, and I've had a couple of those injuries as well, and you tear the extensor hood and you're, you get that what they call a mallet finger where you can't straighten out that finger because yeah. of the tear in the tendon. Right. So what they do is they put a screw, actually a pin, right through the joint. Wow. So it create, it just basically keeps it straight and you cannot bend it. Yeah. So it allows them to, to sew up the top here, tighten up that tendon and give it time to heal because every time you bend it, you re-tear it. Yeah. The yeah. reports are is he's going to get that pin out sometime this week, which will be this Friday will be uh, three weeks post uh, surgery. That's about the right time. You look at three to four weeks on that and maybe an extra week just to be safe on it. So ultimately where he had the fracture and the dislocation, in my opinion, that's not going to really dictate when he gets back on the field. It's what happens in that little joint right behind the fingernail. Gotcha. So I think when he gets the strength on that, because it's a risk factor, when you grab a football and you bend it, you're stretching that tendon that they yeah, showed up. Yeah. Typically with that, if you don't do surgery, you keep that straight and you give it six weeks to heal. Now, if he wants to get back, there's some rumors he wants to get back for week 10. You know, that's only five weeks. That's a week short of what you normally would. The aggressive nature of the pin might help you buy an extra week. But one of the things that can come into play, and you might laugh at this, but he was injured on a Thursday night game, not a Sunday game. Yeah. So he was on, he got injured Thursday night. He was on a plane. I believe it was eight o'clock the next morning, had surgery the next day. Right. So that, that gives, that gives him a couple extra days. Those two extra days when it comes to Russell Wilson and his work ethics and the kind of effort he puts into it, those extra two days could buy him a week early getting back on the field. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm, I'm grabbing the football here. Well, yeah, that middle finger is it's crucial. It is bent right. there at the top. Like you're, this finger here, which I think is the most important one, that one is more straight. That middle finger yes. bends at that top knuckle. So, I mean, there's, exactly. there's really no way around that. And to add to it. You can't when, tape it. No, you can't tape it. When you, when no. he did it on Thursday night, all right, against the Rams, like Mike mentioned, yeah. if anybody goes back and watch the telecast, the first few times he gripped the ball like that, his – his middle finger collapsed the other way. And that's yeah. when I went, oh, no, it's that joint. Yeah. That's crazy because, of course, that is yeah. – your middle finger is definitely one of the fingers you grip down pretty yes, hard on yes. to have control of the football. Yeah. And he looked like he lost that. But, yeah, I mean, Mike, you said it right. Russell Wilson is – he drinks healing water and a bunch of other stuff yeah. and got great work <laughs> ethic. So he probably yeah. will be back quicker than expected. Exactly. And the other challenge with this, too, is the, the mindset of the follow-through. Yeah, I mean, right. That's how he got hurt. And you got, you got guys running out and you're throwing your hands going into that danger zone, so to speak. And you, you don't put it past defensive players to take a swing at that hand sure, as well. So sure. it becomes a big Jerks. floating target that you yeah, fall the sure. ball, you fall the hand. Yeah. Um, and there, there's a little bit of a mental hurdle to, um, to get over that because when it comes to Sunday games, you're not wearing that little red jersey where you can have a nice little state bubble. <laughs> no Darn doubt it. about it. No yeah. doubt. Well said. Those, yeah. uh, they're getting to that. They, we might see that in the NFL before it's all said and done here in the next right. decade. <laughs> right. Just don't even hit the quarterbacks yeah. anymore. Forget it. Exactly. Well, Give uh, a little safety bubble there. Right. 15-yard penalty. <laughs> Middle fingers, humorous bones, how the calf comes together. I mean, we, 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 we've covered a lot of ground. There. Yeah, we, we did. We, yeah. we, yeah. we touched it all. And yeah. a question for you guys, if they come up with that little safety, uh, safety bubble, will we see you guys uh, – Put the helmet back on and uh, make a big grand return? Nope, absolutely not. I don't, not even the bubble is going to be able to protect either one of us. With let the alone... bubble, Mike, yes. <laughs> this side of the table, if I had the bubble, I could do it. <laughs> yes, let's work on that. Okay, we'll right. see. I, I want to work, work that, that game. One. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Mike, you the man. Thanks for coming on. Really great, appreciate great the information. You guys. Always a lot of fun. All right, Good man. You, we'll Mike. talk to you soon. See you, pal. Have a great week. You Bye, too, buddy. You too. See ya. The there you go. That's the man, yeah. Mike Ryan. I mean, I love Mike. He did a great job. And I think he just gives us a good perspective. If you're a fan and you want information, whether you're gambling and using points bet or whatever, hey, there's some information to know how things might unfold for Baker, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson in the future. Yeah. We'll see where it goes from there. Truly, no BS, and truly learn multiple things every time that guy comes on. Yeah. Every time Mike uh, comes Mike's on. Mike's the man. Yeah. He's the man. He's always keeping me up to date. Like Sunday after Sunday night – he texts me almost every week yeah. just to go like, hey, these, these injuries happen. They're big. Yeah. Let me know if you guys want me in the podcast, yeah. right? So uh, he's great that way. And his, his human body prop game is right. fantastic. I mean, he, he just well, – hold on a second. He just come up he's with ready. something he's from definitely under the ready. table. Yeah. No doubt. Always good. All right, that's it. We did it. We did a podcast. Look at that. Me and Paul. We've never done one before. Wow. And, oh, finally. that's right. Yeah, God, that's right. And we did it. Yeah. Hope everybody enjoyed it. This was the Chris Sims Unbutton What the Fuck Happened podcast presented by Under Armour. Always a big thanks to Under Armour. Pauly B, you the man. There's a show. That's a show. There's a show. That's a show. You are the man. And we got through it. And, whoa, he didn't even take a pee break. Woo! I know. We're on fire today. We, we're on a nice run there. Nice run. Yeah. Nice run. I nice, think. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure about it. Challenge flag on that, okay? No, Challenge. Uh, I think we have multiple shows in a row. Uh, we're on a streak. Yeah. We are approaching Pete Rose. We'll go back territory. and look at the tape, and we'll see there. We'll yeah. we'll we'll, we'll, we'll reevaluate. Games in a row. <laughs> All right, everybody, be good. Keep sending the questions. Check out PFTPM Chris Sims Unbutton Picks Podcast on Thursday. It's the Picks collaboration with Smart Chris Sims and Dumb Mike Florio. Peace <laughs> like out. That. See you guys later. <laughs> that is new editorializing. <laughs> Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because I made the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.